God, there's a message that's being released. And then in that message, God has a unique message for you sometimes in it. You know, something can be said and then something opens up, like a revelation or understanding that happens in real time in the moment and it kind of like takes you on a little journey for a minute with God. How many know what I'm talking about? Yea, God. And, and that, that right there, that breath, that, that word of the Lord that proceeds from the mouth of God is what we live by. You know, it, it, one thing I know, like it, if, you, if you don't know what's next, you don't know what to do, it doesn't matter. Even if you do, all you really need is a word from the Lord. You need to hear His voice. And the minute you hear from Him, you're good. How many have noticed that? And how many know it's different than like sometimes a friend shares a verse with you and that's the word of the Lord, right? But sometimes somebody shares a verse and you feel like someone's trying to fix you with a verse. You know what I'm saying? And everybody means well, but you know what I mean, right? We try to fix each other sometimes. And the fact is, what we need is the Lord. And, um, you know, um, it's amazing when He speaks and he's, how His presence just washes over you in that moment. And you go, oh, okay, I'm good now. How many of you I'm talking about? So I just bless you with that today and really every time we gather um, and throughout the week that there would be an increase on each of us uh, just that spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. That's what Paul prayed. That's what um, a, a spiritual father of mine used to pray for me. It's what I prayed for myself. And really, I think it's one of the greatest blessings in the Christian life. And so, anyway, that's free. Today, we're going to talk about... <laughs> yeah, It's all free to us because it was paid for. But um, today, we're going to talk about the kingdom of power. And I want to start by saying this, that um, mostly what the Christian life is about is about discovering what is already available to us. And so sometimes in, in, we can get into modes where we think we're climbing a ladder or reaching new levels of spirituality. And there's some reality to that in that you can become relationally closer to God and, and more of God who already exists and who already has existed for all time and outside of time. You're just, it's, the thing is, it's always been true, but you're discovering those realities. Understand? But, but, um, but if you could see it from God's perspective, you, could, you would see that you are in His kingdom. All is available to you. And how much of that is flowing, how much of that you are freely feasting on and is flowing from your life really has to do with what you believe is available to you. And so, all of the kingdom is accessed by faith. <laughs> faith. Is that amazing? And we think even like, uh, we think that often that circumstances in our life are to build character, but I would propose to you that actually God's Spirit is what shapes our character because all the good aspects of the character of God is called the fruit of the Spirit. So, if you want more character, just drink more of the Spirit. 
the more you're with Him, the more you're going to be like Him. And really you find that when you're running ragged and you get short-tempered and or whatever kind of behavior is happening, usually you can go, you know what? I've not been abiding as well as I could. And uh, somebody said that, um, you know, a pot with less water boils quickly. You know, you just need more water. You need more wine. And, um, and so everything... So, so we create theologies really based on our experience, but actually our spirit experience is supposed to be shaped by godly theology. Jesus said, the Bible says it this way, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. It's the same for women too. <laughs> anyway, as a person thinks in their heart, so are they. And you can say, well, my life's been like this, and my life has felt like this. And but the reality is, it's true because of something that you have believed. Right? Your day-to-day sense of victory has everything to do with what you're actually believing. It has nothing to do with what class of Christian you are, because there's only one class, first class. There's only one class of Christian, there's first class. Right? How many know the Bible says that... uh, Oh, what kind of love has the Father given to us that we should be called the children of God? Isn't that amazing? We're God's kids. (laughs) Uh, I was listening to a teaching this week and, and I'd never thought about it directly this way, but you know what that means? Do you know who gets called a, a son or a daughter of God? People or beings who are directly created by God. So when you look, when you read the genealogy in the Scripture, it says so-and-so, the son of so-and-so, the son of so-and-so, and on and on and on. And it goes all the way back and it says, Adam, the son of God. You ever notice that? Adam was the son of God, then somebody was the son of Adam, and then somebody was the son of him, and him, and him, and so on. But in the kingdom, we become what? Born again. Or born of God. Catch this. It's powerful. So when you were born again, you actually got recreated. Not polished up for a second chance. Whoa. (laughs) Not, Not that you're... Work Now you're working on, okay, you're forgiven, now start changing yourself. No. But you became a brand new creation. Old things have passed away. Everything is new. Go, yeah, but I, but I had this happen and this happened in my life and this is how it's affecting me today. And I would say, hey, we've all experienced that. But the truth remains that when you see the truth about that, it won't be that way anymore. Because what's happening is you were, you were transferred from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of the Son of His love, the Bible says. You were buried with Christ, crucified, buried, risen again, a new creation. And so this is what it means to be children of God. Because you were actually born directly of God in the Spirit. You are a new creation. Just let that set in. So, if things of the past 
get to you, you just have to remember that person is dead. Literally dead. Like, I'm not going to try to polish up something dead. I'm going to agree with God that I'm not that person. I'm the one God made. And I'm actually now a son of God. I'm a son of God. So my nature, I mean, no, like when you look at somebody's kids, right, you look at a Franceschini, you know whose kids those are. You know what I'm saying? Something about the eyes. You know, like you look at, you know what I'm saying? Like you look at, you look at people's kids and you, and you start to see the family resemblance. You know? Shelly posts a picture of her mom this week and I was like, there's something in the, I see it. That's your mom. I can see it. You know, it's beautiful. And, um, and in, in the same way, we look like our father. You just need to look in the mirror every day, look into your eyes until you can see the Spirit of God through those eyes and say, God's living in me. I'm a child of God. You ever do that? You should look in the mirror. Look into your eyeballs. I'm serious about this. Somebody said to me once, I love looking in the mirror and seeing the fire of God in my eyes. And I'm like, I remember I got home and I'm like, (laughs) I see it too. There it is. And you know, it's amazing, whatever you focus on and whatever you recognize in the kingdom increases. That's why David said, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. And so it's the principle of magnification. It's a principle in the kingdom. It's a principle in the universe. Whatever you, whatever you, and I'm not talking new, it's God's universe. So when I talk about the universe, I'm talking about God's creation. But it is a universal truth that whatever you stare at or give attention to is the thing that becomes largest in your sight. It's interesting that you can magnify one who is infinite. <laughs> but he's not struggling with it, with how big he is. But sometimes we're struggling realizing how big he is. And when I realize it, God didn't change. Something changed for me. And so we're going to talk today about the kingdom of power. And I want to talk to you in the context of we are on a discovery, and we ever will be on a discovery, especially in this life, Eternity is going to be about beholding God, really. I believe that. And so I'm starting now. But there's something else in this life that that we are ever discovering the power of God that He has placed inside of us. And we're going to be reading today out of 1 Corinthians. I'm going to read a little, a good portion of Scripture. If you have your Bibles, if you'll open those up in a have about four portions of Scripture that we'll read today. But we're going to be focusing on 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I'm going to read um, a good portion here from 18 to verse 5 in chapter 2. And then we're going to focus on 1 through 5. Yay, God. Short, brief, and powerful today. Here we go. So for the word of the cross, verse 18, is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Powerful. I just want to, I want to 
stop right there for a minute and say that this is the message of the cross. The true message of the cross is either one of two things to the hearer. And if it's not one of these two things, I would say we've changed it in some way. It is either absolutely absurd, ridiculously foolish to the hearer, or it is the very power of God. And we know that it is the power of God. But it's saying to the one. See what I'm saying? So, so it's foolishness to those who are perishing. Why are they perishing? Because they think it's foolish. <laughs> but to us who are being saved is the power of God. Why is it the power of God? Because we've believed that it is the power of God. That this message is a message of power. And really, Christ Himself, you know, it's amazing when people say, well, Christ was a prophet, Christ was a good teacher. And I'm like, you've got to read it. Read the things Jesus said. Listen, He's either the Son of God and the only way, or absolutely to be ignored, completely crazy, a man completely off his rocker. And I don't even, yeah, I wouldn't even, I don't even like to say those things in relation to Christ, but I'm saying it is either one or the other. He is either the Son of, because I'm like, listen, you, you can't pick what little parts that you like. Jesus said things like, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to God except through me. Okay. So you're like, well, he's a good teacher. Yeah, he taught that he was the only way. So if that's not true, he's not a good teacher. And if he is a good teacher, then that's true and he is the only way. He's the only way. And, 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 and I would say that when you talk about the cross, I think that sometimes we can have a brand of Christianity if we're not careful to where we, as I would say, we round the edges of the cross. But it is a rugged cross. It was a rugged cross. And, and it has edges. And it is either offensive or it saves. All right, moving on. But, but the, the, see, the, the powerful thing about it is, is that when we don't apologize for God or try to round the edges, you know, do you realize no one's ever going to get transformed by a message that we shape to them and where they're at? Now, I'm saying there's a way that in love we reach people where they're at. That's how we relate to them. Understand what I'm saying here? I'm not talking about being religious and being a Bible thumper as people, as people would say it, but, but I'm saying that there's a way in love that I can come and go with people, with grace, but that the message itself never changes. But in love, I am presenting a truth to people around me. And this is what brings salvation. And we're going to talk a little bit more. So it says, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the cleverness of the clever. I will set aside. Where is the wise man? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since the wisdom of God, uh, for since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not come to know God. Wow, powerful. Powerful. You can't come to know God by reasoning on your own. And neither can other people. 
You ever get caught up in a reasoning conversation? And, and I actually enjoy good conversation. And, and especially with people who don't know the Lord, I think there's a beautiful space for that. You know, I've made good friends in the workplace over the years. You know, I had a Mormon friend that I was sharing the gospel with and he was trying to convert me too. You know, it was like a, you know what I'm saying? It was like a conversion arm wrestling match. No, I'm just kidding. Who's going to convert who? <laughs> anyway, but uh, no, but you know what? There was no competition. So, um, yeah, when you believe that, you'll be able to love. Do you know that you're never at odds with another belief system? Do you know that a Mormon or a Jehovah's Witness is, is not your enemy because they have a, their own religion? Do you know there are only two kinds of people in the world, believers and unbelievers? People that know Christ and people who don't. And we don't need to get into all the other stuff. You know, the truth stands alone. When you, when you present truth, and truth, truth is not a creed, truth is a man. And when you present truth, when you present Christ, do you realize you don't have to understand every other religion and every other belief system? Because when you have the truth, you say, this is the truth. And they go, well, what about this? I'm like, I don't know, is it this? Because if it's not this, it's not the truth. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. And a person with an experience is never at the mercy of a person with an argument. Do you know, it's like, it's like if we just came up with our belief systems and we're comparing them, that's one thing. But i got to tell you something. I was born. <laughs> I remember it. No one can take that from me. I know God. And that gives me a peace when I interact with anybody. Because what I know is inside of me is absolutely unshakable absolutely cannot be shaken. Not like it can take a lot of shaking, like it's unshakable. You cannot shake Christ. He's the only foundation that can't be shaken. And anything you build on Him can't be shaken either. That's you. Say, I can't be shaken. Yeah, let's do it. I can't be shaken. So good. You know, sometimes we think, well, what about this circumstance? What about that? You know what? At the end of the day, if we just keep our eyes on Jesus... It doesn't matter what's happening around you. You're not shaken. And I was going to say earlier, yeah, so uh, circumstances, you know, you know tests are, are not about your character. Do you know what's being tested in a challenge? Not your character, your faith. Do you realize that winning is that if you can just keep believing God, you win? Okay, we're moving on. Verse, <laughs> okay. Verse 22, for indeed, Jews ask for a sign, Greeks search for, uh, Greeks search for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. To Jews, a stumbling block, and to Gentiles, foolishness. This is God saying, I only do it my way. Jesus said, I'm the way. You see what I'm saying? Powerful. What's powerful is Jews ask for a sign. Jesus said, I'll give you a sign. Tear this temple down. I'll rebuild it in three days. That's what this verse is saying. Jews go, a sign. We preach Christ. Give us a sign. We preach Christ. They're like, no, a sign. Little do they know, they have their sign. Here's your sign. Powerful, right? <laughs> okay. I don't know. Is this, 
It's so good. All right. I mean, it tastes good to me. Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. I love that. Greeks are like, show us your wisdom. We preach Christ. Jews, I want sign. I want power. Christ, he's our power. Give us wisdom. Oh, also Christ. In him are hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge, the Bible says. You cannot become more wise than Christ. As a matter of fact, gazing at Christ, the more we gaze at Christ, the wiser we'll be. And you can become the wisest person on the planet just by gazing on Christ. Do you realize wisdom has nothing to do, or intellect has nothing to do with wisdom? You can be the most intelligent, highest IQ on the planet and be absolutely deceived. Because the thing is, your capacity, to, your, capa- your, your intellectual capacity has nothing to do with wisdom. You can aim that thing in any direction. And I think part of the offense of the gospel is that it's so simple. Here's Christ. Look at Him. Give me the way. How do I do it? Look at Christ. It's offensive. It's beautiful. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For consider your calling, brethren. There are not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame things which are strong. And the base things of the world and and the despised, God has chosen of the world. Notice that phrase, of the world. You know, it, it said, who are these men who have come and turned the world upside down? That's what they said about the disciples after they've been with Jesus and received the Spirit. Right? You ever seen the Jeep's bumper sticker? If you can read this, roll me over. You ever see that sticker on the back of the Jeep? Four-wheel drive. It's, the sticker's upside down, so four-wheel drive. If, you know. That's the world. It's like, why are you turning the world upside down? And they're like, no, we're turning it right side up. You're already upside down. All right. So in other words, what the world calls foolish is actually wise. What the world calls weak is actually power. Verse 30, but by His doing, you are in Christ Jesus. By His doing, (laughs) you are in Christ. Do you know there was nothing you could have done except for surrender and believe? There's nothing. Here's your part. Okay, God, I believe you. I'll quit doing it my way. I want your way. Wow, that was so good. Good job. You worked hard on that. No, what you did was give up. (laughs) Isn't that good? All right. (laughs) Uh, All right. Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Everything you need. Here we go. And when I came to you, brother, and this is the Apostle Paul. Here's where we're going to make our point. And, And... And when I came to you, brethren, I did not come with superiority of speech or of wisdom proclaiming to you the testimony of God, for I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. You know, I was talking to a man uh, in front of Trader Joe's um, recently, and and he's a a friend, a fellow uh, believer. And um, But, you know, uh, how many know there... If you allow yourself, you can get into some unrest by watching 
the news and the media and the political uh, realm of our nation right now. God bless America. Just so you know, I'm believing God for another hundred years for America, that it would be the best hundred years that this nation has ever seen, that it would be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Listen, just join me in this. Don't let doom and gloom get a hold of you. Because it's been darker than this before. And, and, uh, and yet the light shone. And yet revival came. Can you imagine living in London during World War II? Literally, it's demolished. And look today. So our faith is in God, but this person was expressing, well, I want to move to such and such a state. I said, well, what's there? And I said, that's a beautiful place. Actually, I knew about it. I'm like, oh, that's a beautiful place. Uh, it's, it's wonderful. Uh, what's there? And they, they named a, a certain political party. I'm not even going to name it because, because it doesn't matter. This is exactly my point. Well, there's more of this political party there, the, the folks there. And I said, man, if that's your plan, it's going to follow you there. Because, you know, because they mentioned, they said, I said, oh, I knew the place. I said, oh, the housing rate some years back you used to be able to buy a house for nothing and now it's like had a boom it's so expensive and um and and the same person said to me it's because all the californians are moving there i said they are and they're taking their values with them if your plan is to escape by moving for political purposes it's going to chase you there and it's going to still overtake you so that's not a good plan we need to make our stand where we are and be light in this world Because I'll tell you something. Yay, come on. Come on. Because I'll tell you something. Pray for our president, no matter who they are. Because that's what the Bible teaches us to do. We don't want to slander those who are leading us, whether we agree with them or not. Right? Well, I'll tell you what. Whoever it is, I want them influenced by God. Because they're leading us. You know what I'm saying? And when Christians have the power to bless, and we release a curse instead... Do you realize you're putting a hole in your own boat? We need to humble ourselves and lift up in prayer those who are leading us. Whether they know God or not, God can still lead them. And, and so, and, and I thought, you know, listen, it, Christ never said, uh, follow me and, you know, become a conservative. Or follow me and become a, a liberal. Or follow me and become a libertarian for my friends out there that I know so, and love so dearly. Like I, it, do you understand what I'm saying? Do you realize that when we allow another... this I didn't expect it. That, do you realize that when we allow another label to define our identity other than Christ, we have lost our influence? Powerful. It doesn't matter what color you are, whether you're a man or what. I'm like, guys, we're refighting what was already settled in the Scripture. In Christ, there's no man or woman, slave or free, barbarian, Scythian. Like, you know, it's like all are in Christ. I've got friends who see political things so differently than me. So differently. And I'll tell you, in the world, we probably couldn't be friends. In the world. But we have no issue because we're brothers. And we, and I love, there's actually a person I'm thinking, I'm, I love this individual so much. And I actually, you know what? I actually like it because it causes me to surrender 
something that is far less for something that is far more important because you know what he and I agree on? Christ. Christ. And however he's voting, somehow it's connected to that for him. But who cares? Because our nation is going to change because we lift up Christ. Not because we wrangled with our brother or sister or we fought on Facebook about something. Not worth it, guys. It's not worth it. Sometimes I'm just grieved in my heart when I see believers on Facebook fighting in front of our unbelieving friends about Christian stuff. I'm like, what the world? Guys, come on. Like, we're embarrassing ourselves. We just need to unify. Anyway, okay, I'm going to move on. But this is what Paul said. And do you realize that Paul was the, uh, in the upper echelon of, of, of the Jewish society? He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. I mean, that's like, he's the man. And he had clout. He could make stuff happen. And he did. He made some bad stuff happen. But Paul, who understood the Scripture, probably... Nobody nobody would understand before Christ he made some bad stuff happen. But like, nobody would understand the Scripture in that day more than Paul. Do you hear what I'm saying? And this man, this giant, said, you know what, I just know one thing, Christ, and Him crucified. How many can agree with that? And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my message and my... And my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and power. Powerful. Do you know this? If you can talk someone into something, someone else can talk them out. (laughs) If you can be talked in, you can be talked out. If we're talking people into joining a club, they can be talked out. And when the pressures of life hit them, let me tell you something, they need more than talk. And that was a great point. I'll just reference to you. You can jot it down if you want to look at it later. First Corinthians 4.20, one of my favorite verses, really. For the kingdom of God does not consist in words, but in power. Do you realize that Jesus sent us, you and me, to preach the message of the kingdom? And the, the kingdom message is, don't, it's not become a Christian. It's follow Christ. And there is a kingdom at hand, a kingdom of power. And do you realize that no matter what our personality type is, do you know that our Christian, you know, sometimes we, if we're not careful, we start shaping God and what the Christian life should look like according to what we're comfortable with? Well, I'm a quieter person. Well, I'm more, um, administratively gifted. Well, I'm more, I don't know, I'm just fine. Yes, you are. And those are all gifts. But that doesn't define who God is. The same God who created the universe lives in the administratively gifted person. The same miracle power that Reinhard Bonnke and Mariah Woodworth Eder and on and on and on is in you and me. And I began today by saying, you know what, 
a large part of walking our inheritance is, is when we realize what our inheritance is. And Jesus, Jesus said one thing. He said, I wonder when I come back if I'm going to find faith. Do you realize, I realize, I was thinking on my way up here today about this thing, about faith. And I thought of it from a relational standpoint, which everything with God is. I realized my heart, I felt the heart of God, which I never thought of it this way exactly before. But, when, but I thought, you know what? God wants to be believed. I don't just mean from a religious Christian perspective, like I want you to have faith. Let me just tell, tell you, like the most faithful being in the universe the supreme being who created everything. He doesn't just act faithfully. He is faithfulness embodied. How many know when you have good character and you give your word and somebody doesn't believe you? You know there's a little feeling that goes with that. Right? You ever notice that? And what is it? You're like, hey, I'm trustworthy. I want to be believed. And I realized like God in a relational level is saying, I want my kids to believe me. And honestly, no one has any reason not to. <laughs> and we go, well, this happened and this happened in my life. That's perspective. And I mean some, some really bummer stuff, but when you get it, you know, it can happen in your life, but when you, get, when you get it from God's perspective, whatever's in your past, the answer to that thing is seeing it from God's perspective. What's He saying about it? And so this is the message that you and me carry to the world. And here it is. Why? Why is it? So that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. Like our faith doesn't rest on a doctrinal statement. And you know, the Lord is just reminding me, how many heard of Bobby Connor? How many love Bobby? I love Bobby. He's one of my favorite. He called me out at a youth conference years ago when I came up from Clear Lake. And, um, and I, we were all crowded in. I was up there like just one of the kids. <laughs> like I was the youth leader and I'm like, I'm hungry. And uh, I was crowded up there. I don't think he could see my name tag. Maybe he could. I still figured it out. But like I'm behind people and my name tag was hanging about here, you know. Maybe he saw it. I don't know. But he looked at me and he goes, hey, Brandon. He, didn't know, he doesn't know me. He goes, hey, Brandon, you want some of this? I was like, yes. And he goes, bang. And I, I'm telling you, poof, it was like I, got, I flew back like four feet. Luckily, there was people behind me that worked as a cushion. Yeah. <laughs> a day in the life of revival. But, um, but, uh, but he said, he's been prophesying something for years. And I have felt for the last two weeks that it's for us, Mountain Chapel. And it's for today. And he says this, miracles are mandatory. You know, miracles are mandatory in the kingdom. Miracles are mandatory. Like, it's not optional. It's not for the crazy Christians. It's not for the Pentecostal church. Like, God is a God of miracles. God's like, God's like I love your Nazarene church and I'm a God of miracles. I love your fill-in-the-blank. I love your administrative gift. You do that. But I'm a God of miracles. And God's actually saying, like, I actually don't need you to be able to do miracles. I just need you to realize that I am a God 
of miracles. All I need from you is a yes. Hey, can I do miracles in your life? No, oh, excuse me, maybe you misunderstood me. I didn't ask you to do miracles for me. I asked you if I could do miracles in your family. I asked you if I could do miracles in your community. I asked you if I could heal people's bodies through you. I guess what I'm asking you is, will you make room for me? I'm speaking like like if I was God, you know, I'm sure you picked that up. <laughs> like, God, I can't do miracles. I know. But here's what I need you to do. See that hand there? Yes, it's sweaty. Okay, just stick it on somebody. Who needs a miracle? I don't have faith. I do. Put your hand on somebody. You know what's amazing is I love that when I've seen miracles when nobody had faith for it. You know what I mean? I love when people get a miracle and they didn't even believe for it. Because it reminds me of something. Oh gosh, God just needs me to let Him be Him. I said to the second year students this morning, welcome, thank you guys for coming. Please be yourselves. Cause, you know, cause that's what we all do, right? We're all just going to be ourselves. And God, but here's the thing, God in His church and in His, in His city, in His town, this is His town, this is His church, God says, I want to be myself. Actually, I, I won't be anybody else. Do you ever notice, like, when we try to, when we try to go, well, I like this about God, but this part makes me nervous. God's like, I mean, what you see is what you get. So, like, I could come or not come. But I'm just going to let you know when I come, I'm going to be myself. And I don't know how to be anybody else. But that's good news because he doesn't ask you to be anybody else either. Right? Right? Like, he doesn't ask you to be like me. He doesn't ask me to be like you. He doesn't ask Rachel to be like Shane. He goes, I sure like it when Shane is being Shane. But when Brandon tries to be Shane, Brandon does a bad job at Shane. So I'm just saying, this is freedom in the kingdom. Do you hear what I'm saying? Like, this kingdom is inside of you and me. And so we're starting this presence night tonight, and, and it'll be our regular every Sunday night thing. And, and do you know what we're doing? It's been vague, I know. And it's vague on purpose. Because, because here's, let me just tell you, good news, we're going to have worship. We're going to start with something that you know about, worship. And um, and we're I don't know what's going to happen. I kind of do, but we're going to go from there. And let me just tell you what we're doing. We're giving God something to work with. This is really the heart behind it, guys. If you think this is my master, I mean, my master plan is give God a place to land. Give God a place to show up. Just make some room for God. I mean, he's filling all things everywhere anyway. And when we make room, we just make room to acknowledge him. And you know what happens? He shows up and he is himself. And people get touched and people get healed. Would you stand with me? You know, I I just feel that we are living in a day when the true gospel... 
not that we've not been speaking the true gospel we have, but, but when the gospel, the purity of the gospel, the power of the gospel is being elevated in the earth. And that's what Jesus said. Just lift me up. Well, how are we going to draw people to Jesus? No, just lift me up. I'll draw them. Lift me up though. Just, just tell people who I really am. And let me show up and be myself and let signs and wonders follow you. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you'll pray for somebody at the mill, God's going to touch somebody. If you'll pray for somebody in holiday, God's going to touch somebody. What if He doesn't? What if He does? If He doesn't, who cares? They'll think you're a nice Christian that cared enough to pray for Him. I mean, honestly, it's the worst thing in the world that can happen is that, that, they, that a miracle won't happen in the moment and they'll feel like somebody loved them enough to take a little bit of time with them and share the love of God with them. But let me tell you something. You do it enough, you're going to see God show up. You're going to see something happen. You're going to see somebody get healed. Oh, wait. Guys, you got to hear this testimony. Where'd she go? There's a healing. Will you come up? You guys got to hear this, okay? Give her a hand as she comes. But, but when John sent his disciples... To, to ask Jesus, and they said, hey, are, are you the one or should we look for another? Are you the Christ? Are you the Messiah? Or should we look for another? What did he say? He said, well, you go tell them this. The sick are healed. The dead are raised. The lepers are cleansed. The gospel's preached to the poor. You just go tell them what's happening and you let John decide for himself. Isn't that good? I love that about Jesus because he wasn't even going to go like, well, okay, let me show you my resume and you know, and he's just like, I don't know, let me tell you what's happening. Heaven's touching earth. You decide. Yes. So we're going we're gonna to close with this testimony. Okay. My name is Susan. Hold it just really close. Yeah. I know you don't want to, but it's the only way they hear you well. Okay. Can you hear me? Perfect. Okay. Perfect. My name is Susan. And um, in 2016, I was diagnosed with lupus, the really nasty stuff. And I went to see my um, rheumatologist a week ago last Friday and for a checkup. And um, he asked how things are going. I said, oh, really good. I've been feeling really good. And uh, he says, well, he smiled. He looked at me. He says, well, is there anything you want to talk about? <laughs> okay, well, where do we stand with the lupus? And he said that it's negative. Yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> and so um, wow. he looked at my hands. He said, no inflammation. And so uh, I was... <laughs> Really neat. And my sister and my partner, which are both non-believers, went with me. And they were waiting out in the car. And so I walked out with a smile on my face. And they look at me. And I said, they go, how did it go? I, say, I said, say, thank you, Jesus. Praise God. And they looked at me like I was crazy. Wow. So they did. And so <laughs> I said, I'm not going to tell you until you say it. So, yeah. <laughs> so, 
um, they said it. Okay, what? And I said, no more lupus. Come on, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wonderful. Wow. So then I went to uh, Willow Creek as my doctors for uh, something else. And I told the nurse, I said, well, um, I have no more lupus. It's just gone. And it is so wonderful to see a doctor and a nurse lift their hands and say, praise God. Wow. And then I saw the doctor, and I, I told the doctor the same thing. And they were just, like, laughing. Wow. And... God is so good. She grabbed me and hugged me. <laughs> God has done the impossible. So, so. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's celebrate. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I'm going to hand it over to Daniel. Uh, ministry team, would you come forward? If you want healing today, we've heard a prophetic word right here. Amen. Yeah, I was just kind of getting this feeling, just like a professional athlete practices so much more than they actually play the game. Um, This ministry time is supposed to be our practice, is what I felt like the Lord was saying. Wow. So, if you just hurt your pinky toe this week, or you found out that your best friend has cancer, I just really want a lot of folks to come up and receive prayer today. And let it be our practice time. And let us practice and so when we go out into the field so to speak that it'll just come natural for us because that's what a baseball player will do he'll swing you know a thousand times to his one swing that he might do in the baseball game and then it just kind of just comes natural for him there's um and so if you if you have kids in the nursery or whatever just please go get them and then you can bring them on back in um because we don't want to forget about them there's people out there working hard with your kids um, but yeah, please come forward. There's a couple of specific things that I wanted to pray for. So come up for absolutely anything. And then also there's a few highlighted things that I felt like the Lord wanted to, to do today. But I really felt like there was someone here that needed to receive the Lord Jesus for the first time. Um, and it, and I also kind of felt like it. you might not even be in your room, the room. It might be your daughter or your aunt or, or someone that you know about that you've been praying for. It was funny because I saw this picture And this person was sitting down, like in their bedroom, and they were looking in the mirror, just like um, Brandon was talking about, looking in the mirror, but they were super low and depressed and sad. And it was like they were looking in the mirror, and they saw nothing good going on. And it was a lady in about her 50s, and she had dark hair, and she was just really, she needed a touch from the Lord. So does that make any sense to anybody in the room? Does that sound like an aunt? or a daughter, or anything like that. If that rings a bell in any way, just come forward for that person. And what I saw happen to this person is they stepped outside and they just received the marvelous light of Jesus for the first time. So just just receive that, if that's somebody that you know of or that you want to come forward for that as well. And then... Um, yeah, I think that's all I got for right now. So just come forward and receive prayer. If we have some music... Um, to turn on, uh, we'll go ahead and let's do that, and um, let's let's practice, so we can pray for the people out in the community.